the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, on Way of Grace, we've got our final look at chapters 14 and 15 of Judges, Samson's Revenge for God's Glory. Join us as we are encouraged when we see glimpses of Jesus here in this Old Testament passage. Way of Grace, next. Coming to you from Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand. Back in Judges 14 and 15, our final look at a message called Samson's Revenge for God's Glory. We're looking at the message in this temporary marriage between Samson and Delilah and some of the key elements of the gospel that are found here. With today's broadcast of Way of Grace... Here's Pastor Jessica Stan. So what his parents were, they weren't going to just beat Samson down because he made a mistake. It's not the unpardonable sin. That's why I help the brethren around here all the time. Hey, get over it. You made a mistake. Keep moving. There's some things you can't undo. I don't care who you are. So he goes back to get his girl. He's trusting mom and dad's wisdom. He gets down there and discovers his daddy is a virtuous father and her daddy is a conniving crook who doesn't honor covenant. He gets down there and discovers that he gave his wife to his best man. That sounds like a movie, doesn't it? I'm telling you, the Bible is full of stories, isn't it? I mean, wouldn't that be one of the movies you go, what? What? Out of all those dudes, my best man? Now, you know, you know Samson is hot now. Do you know he hot? Come on, coach. You know he hot. But I want you to stay on top of this. When we are talking... I think I'll hold that for a moment. I'll deal with our our second point here. That's critically important for our our lesson here, the manipulation of her character. Look over at chapter 14, verse 14, one more time. As it's stated uh, in verse 14, and he said unto them, out of the eater came forth meat and out of the strong came forth sweetness and they could not three days expound the riddle and it came to pass on the seventh day. That's a construction problem too. It's in the midst of those seven days that they said unto Samson's wife, entice your husband. Got it? I want to help you here that he may declare unto us the parable, the riddle, that's the word parable, lest we burn you and your father's house with fire. So here she is, is under a test, isn't she? And it's the test of allegiance 
to her carnal fleshly people or her new man in Christ. And this is why Romans chapter 8 lays it out so clearly that the carnal mind is enmity against God. It can never keep God's commandments because it's completely devoted to the flesh. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh destruction. Is that what happened to her? Did she sow to the flesh? Because she allowed her identity to be wrapped up in her past rather than in her present and her future. In Christ, our past is gone. In Christ, our present is our future. In Christ, we identify with the spirit, not the flesh. With the grace of God, not works religion. In Christ, we live. In the old Adam, you die. That's why Paul says we are not debtors to the flesh. But if you identify with the flesh, you are. And apparently she did. She let their threat define who she was. Y'all keeping up with me? She had, she had married something for which apparently it was a riddle and mystery to her too. Because if she had opened that package by the grace of God and saw exactly what she had in Samson, she would have known that she had God, she had the covenant of God, she had the will of God, she had the power of God, the presence of God, the promises of God. She had a savior. She had a leader. She had a captain of salvation. She had a one-man wrecking crew. She had the Lord of glory. Y'all keeping up with me? That's what I meant by a missed opportunity. That's what I meant by a missed opportunity. And that missed opportunity shows who you and I are every time the flesh threatens us. If you don't do what we say, we're going to kill you. Help me. When you marry Christ, death is dealt with. Christ has destroyed the works of the devil. No longer do we fear death. It's really tragic because when you look at the third point, the misfortune of her doom, do you see it? So we have the missed opportunity to affirm her new identity in Christ. Then we have the manipulation of her character. And may I say this as I get, with it, get ready to deal with this third subpoint and close. Marriage is about character. I might as well start doing some pastoral work right here just in case you don't come back. Marriage is about character. That's why we don't do well at it. It's not just about how you feel. Marriage is about character. And two people operating in covenant are designed to actually help build each other up. And, when, and I'm talking about build each other up in God. The general thing that occurs with, with people who are horizontally challenged and not vertically empowered, is that in marriages, one of the two dominates the other most of the time. And woe unto you if the person dominating you is carnal. 
because they lead you down a bad path of constant trouble, away from the will of God, away from the goodness of God, the glory of God, the grace of God, the promises of God. You know what I'm saying is true. Told you it was going to hurt old people because we have messed up one of the greatest emblems of God's love for us in Christ, and that's marriage. Very seldom do you get a marriage where both persons are operating out of a commitment to and drive of the spirit of the living God so that the collaboration are two, if you will, oxen under one yoke, yoking together down the pathways of God's will so that we tread out the corn of righteousness for God's glory and for the good of his people. Very seldom do you see an Aquila and Priscilla. Most of the time, what you see, at least by conduct, is an ox and an ass. You put the double yoke upon an ox and an ass, and you're going to look at a crazy thing going down the field. Because the ox yokes one way and the ass yokes another. And they bout to break the yoke because of how different they are. How can two walk together except they be agreed? Am I teaching? This is where we are. And Christians have messed it up so bad. That's why people don't want to get married. I don't blame them. They see nothing of the glory of God really dominating the marriage. And this is what disappointed Samson when he gave the riddle. The last person he would have thought that would have betrayed him is his wife. If you had not plowed with my heifer, you'd be giving me the garments. Because see, the parable is what I told you, a parable of judgment. It's a parable of consequences for not getting it right, and it's called the takeaway principle. That's Luke 18, eight, uh, Luke 8, 18, I taught you this. To him that hath, more shall be given. To him that hath not, even that which he has shall be what? So what Samson did was say, fellas, if you have wisdom, more will be given you. Right? Y'all, y'all keeping up with me? If you can unpack the riddle, if you can solve this, this enigmatic phraseology, I will give you, saints, that is an overture of the gospel. When Christ comes to you and me in the preaching of the gospel, he comes to you and I telling us that he has the wisdom to save us and to put us on high if we have the proper key of interpretation. And the proper key of interpretation is not attempting to get to God by the works of the flesh, by the labor of your own intellect, by the conniving of your own scheming, by the fleshly efforts of men. The Bible tells us that God takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. It was Hannah who was being scorned and ridiculed by Penina because she couldn't have a baby, who when God gave her the power to have a baby, she said, by strength shall no man prevail. How did Hannah have that baby? By believing God. She was married, wasn't she? Couldn't conceive. 
That's a constant type for us. We can't bear fruit apart from the glory of God. And we will never bear fruit by our own power. The flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. And the spirit is evidenced by faith in Christ. That girl waited on God, didn't she? Hannah waited on God. And God blessed her and she triumphed over her enemies. Now I can boast over my enemies. The Lord has taken me from the dunghill and set me on high. The Lord has given me a man child and I'm giving him back to the Lord because God's been good to me because I waited on the Lord. Uh-oh. Told you it was going to hurt because it's true, isn't it? See, the Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How much more so when God comes to you? How much more so when God? See, because God came to her, didn't he? I'm going to repeat it again. This girl, minding her own business, is by nature condemned as a Philistine because the Philistines are the enemies of God. And God's man sets his eyes on this girl. That is what we call salvation by grace. Nothing in us merited God looking on us. We are Philistines by nature. He came and got us. We didn't go get him. He hunted us down. He brought a savior that has all power in his hand, his ability to break the cords of sin, to liberate us from our bondage and to bring us in identification with him. God did that. Christ did that. We didn't do that. Am I making some sense? Yes. Yes. And again, it's so clear to me, this is a picture of national Israel. He came unto his own. They missed him, rejected him, killed him, and they ended up dead. The misfortune of her doom. If you take what they said over in verse 15 seriously, entice your husband that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn you in your father's house with fire. Have you called us to take that we have? You see what they did? They accused her of putting them in the predicament that they were in. If this don't sound like neo-Marxist, irrational, postmodern lunacy, right? You see how insane people are today? And then they want to blame other people for their own choices? See, what these men came to discover is that they didn't have the key to Christ. And now that they got a woman that's close to Christ, they want to tear her apart and drag her and cause her to plow through the field of revelation so that they can get the key to get in. But I just told you, you can't get in that way. That's exactly why Samson went down and killed 30 other men and said, here, here's your garments. You earned them. Oh, by the way, I'll be back. I'm going home and rest, see what the Lord want me to do. And, 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 and mission number two is on its way. Because I'm telling you, read chapter 15 and it's on. Y'all got that? But look at chapter 15, verse 14 and 15. And tell me, did not it result in the exact, exact thing that they said would occur? 
If you don't do for us what we say, we're going to burn your house down with you and your daddy in it. You guys saw that? And what, let me see here. I don't, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to do that one. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Chapter 15, verse six. That's getting into next week's message. This is where I'm going to be talking to you guys about Fox News and MSNBC. That's right. Ain't nothing new under the sun. Samson going to tell a story that the whole world going to see. And I want you to see it too. Then the Philistine said, who hath done this? You remember what Samson did? Created a mess when he came down, right? And they answered, Samson, what? The son-in-law of the Timnite. Now you see how they tied Samson with his wife's family? The son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companion. You see what Samson's doing? Punishing the father for taking his wife and giving them to the companion. I'm, I'm, let me ask you the question. Give, give me a few more minutes. Did this woman's father have a right to do this? Not at all. That means he was a criminal too. That means he took Samson's parents' money, spent it on himself, then took Samson's wife and gave her to another as if he had authority over Samson. you got a fight coming. Don't you? You got to fight them. So her father was wicked. Her companions were wicked and conniving. And she apparently was just like them. He had taken his wife and given her to, to his companions. And the Philistines came up and did what? Even though she allowed them to plow her like a heifer. She still died anyway because the carnal mind is death. This is what Paul meant when he said in Hebrews of Romans chapter eight, we are not debtors to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you live after the spirit, there is life abundantly Pursuing God to the degree, this is Romans chapter 8, that we learn how to mortify the deeds of the flesh through the Spirit of God. See, had that woman mortified the deeds, she would have said, Daddy, I'm married to that man who is a picture of my Savior, who has promised me eternal life, who is my covenant head, who is my power, who is my wisdom who is my very bone of bone and flesh of flesh. Am I making some sense? I cannot listen to your authority because I'm his. Man, can I, can I just talk about this for a minute? See, listen, think about this, child of God. Think about wrong choice making and how it cuts off so many blessings. This girl had 20 years to enjoy her man. See, if you read your Bible carefully, Sam, Samson ruled for 20 years. You know what that would have meant? This woman who we don't even know now, because she didn't establish herself in the kingdom, failed to enjoy the benefits of the liaison and the mission of her husband. Imagine all the work that Samson was going to do, how she could have been in on it. 
How could she could have been part of the subduing of the Philistines by the grace of God and then having children by such a strong man who would take up another legacy of grace to even leave among the Philistines that Christ has visited the Philistines and she would have been famous in Israel. Y'all keeping up with me? All right. I'm going to tell you how this is so. This is so every time one of God's Jewish leaders married a Gentile. There are many of them. Many of them. I recall Abraham. Now, Abraham was not a Hebrew. He was not a Jew. Neither was his wife, but they started it. They were covenant people. And they was having little problems having babies. We do. And uh, Sarah thought she was wise in her own understanding. Hagar's a Gentile. May I say something? We know Hagar. Do we know Hagar? And we know Hagar, blessed Hagar, because she submitted to Abraham. Did she not? And she had a son, Ishmael, and he became a great nation too. And God said, many kings and princes will come out of you because she as a Gentile woman obeyed that leading man of faith and submitted to that process. I'll show you another one. Moses. Moses, on his way back to do his mission, guess who he had married? A Gentile. Y'all know her name. What's her name? Zipporah. She will be famous forever because her husband was used by God to break open the greatest nation in the world and lead the people of God out. Because she, even though she didn't qualify, was brought in by the grace of God. I'll tell you somebody else, too. Y'all may not like her, but I like her. I taught you women this many years ago. This is called the radical nature of faith in the gospel. Her name is Tamar. Yeah. Now, this is rated R, but that's okay. It's called rated redemptive. She said to Judah, boy, you promised me. Didn't he? He gave her the bracelet and the, and the staff and the emblems. And she said, this is all I get? <laughs> no, I want some seed, brother. Because I know the promises in the seed. I told you it's rated R. I want some seed. And Tamar is a progenitor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Her name is written in the genealogy. I know another one. Her name is Ruth. Gentile woman whose nation was cursed by God never should have got in. But because of some knucklehead Jews, she married a brother that wasn't right with God. He died and she loved her mom-in-law, Naomi. She said, where you die, I die. Where you live, I live. Your people are my people. My people are your people. That's called identification with the new. And what did God do? He brought Boaz to that sister. See, God brought Boaz to Ruth. Ruth is the progenitor of David, who is the progenitor of Jesus, who is my savior. Ruth is my sister. She got in. Did she get in? And the point here that I can make with several others all the way down the line is God is no respecter of person. He'll use anybody he wants to. And if God should come to use you, you want to open yourself up to learning, not thinking you know everything. 
Because God has plans and purposes that are so big and beyond your capacity to comprehend, but he will never hurt you. He will never harm you because love does not work ill to its neighbor. If God brings you into the covenant of his grace, he's going to use you in ways you could never imagine. But this girl lost everything, didn't she? She lost so much, including her own life, because she made a wrong decision, because she identified with the flesh rather than with the spirit. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.